Hi there, I'm Lindsay Sparks, author of books that include hidden worlds and twisted myths. Welcome to my weekly author's notes podcast. Today is Sunday, November 21st. Uh, happy birthday to my sister. And I would love to share some of my reflections from this past week with you. Okay, first up, as always, uh, the current deals and steals. Uh, so Echo in Time and Inkwitch, the first books in my Echo Trilogy and Cat Dubois Chronicles series, so two different series, are still free on all major ebook retailers. And um Oh, thank Lindsay. Um, oh, uh, Sacrifice of the Sinners and <laughs> Legacy of the Lost, so the prequel and first audiobook in the Atlantis Legacy series, uh, are currently discounted on Chirp and on Apple. So it's 99 cents for Sacrifice of the Sinners, the audiobook. And for the audiobook of Legacy of the Lost, it is $4.95. So those are definitely both pretty good discounts. So if you're an audiobook person and you don't have those, grab them. I am currently working on, still, and will continue to be working on for at least two more weeks, um, revising into my second draft, uh, Song of Scarabs and Fallen Stars, the first book in the Fateless Trilogy, which is the third series in the Echo world. I am now on chapter 38, uh, and I am uh, a little bit past 83,000 words, Um, so my goal last week or my goal for this week was to get to 86,000 words. So I fell 3,000 or just under 3,000 words short of that. But it still was a really good week. Uh, I got a lot done. Uh, I added or got through eight more chapters. And I, (laughs) I just, I have, okay, so I have like a quarter left of the skeleton draft to get through. So the that's 11,000 more words. That's not included in the 83,000 words I already mentioned. Um, and again, for reference, I think I said this last week, um, but like a cat book was around like all of the cat books uh, fall between 50 and 60,000 words. Um, so we're already well past this. This is now in Atlantis Legacy um, range uh, for those single book lengths. And this book is definitely going to end up being in more of the Echo Trilogy range, um, which is more around the like 120,000 word mark. So I don't know exactly how long it's going to be, but I, my gut is suggesting that this might be my longest solo book ever. So we'll see. Um, I am feeling the time crunch for sure. I have it in my calendar to send this to beta readers on like just under three weeks. Let's see on December 10th at the end of the day. So I have December 10th to work on it, but on December 10th, I am scheduled to send this to beta readers. Um, so, I mean, you might be like, yeah, cool. You have like three more weeks. You can totally do this, but, um, I actually need, a few days at the end before I send it to beta readers to do some more research. There's a bunch of notes I've left for myself in the manuscript comments and questions for, to myself that nobody else needs to see. Um, but of just things that I need to do more research on. Um, I've ordered more books on ancient Egypt. I, I think I have all of the books that I've ordered now, but anyway, I have, as I've been writing, I have purchased more books on ancient Egypt 
um, relating to like specific areas of study. So I ordered a few and I have a few new books that I'm really excited to look through um, that are specifically about Thebes or Waset or Luxor, that area. It's all the same geographic location, just different names. Um, and then also uh, the Necropolis or I guess Necropoli in that area because there are multiple from different multiple tomb areas from different periods in Egyptian's history or in Egypt's history. And then um, some books specifically relating to um, ancient Egyptian cities, uh, which is an interesting and unique area of study since Egypt didn't really have like formal cities kind of until the middle kingdom. So the time period that I'm looking at would be more of like a kind of loose, casual town structure. But I really want to make sure that I get that, that part at least relatively accurate. Um, it's a little bit impossible to get it accurate, accurate, just because as I feel like I've said over and over again, um, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but this time period, uh, the old kingdom of Egypt. So, um, around 2000 BCE and earlier. So 2000 years before zero, um, 4,000 years ago from today. Um, there's so little that remains, uh, of like archeological evidence for so many reasons. But one of the main reasons is that very little in this time period was built out of permanent materials like stone, that was something that was like an everyday thing. So like an, a town, a home, an inn, um, granary, like those kinds of things were built out of mud brick, which um, this is a land that is very dry, uh, not a lot of rain. Um, so you wouldn't have necessarily had to worry about a rainstorm washing away your home. Um, however, over centuries, those kinds of things are going to get washed away with weird freak geographic or geographical geological um, occurrences and, and extra crazy floods and stuff like that. And also later civilizations looking at you Romans uh, would come in and basically dismantle a lot of the buildings that were uh, made of limestone to like burn up the limestone and harvest the lime to, I believe, to use for their mortar for their buildings. So they would just like destroy these beautiful ancient structures um, for parts, essentially. So um, the point of all that was just to um, illustrate how or why um, it is a little bit impossible to have a perfectly accurate um, historical novel in this time period in like old kingdom, first intermediate period, Egypt, but, um, you know, creative licenses. And also this is a historical fantasy time travel romance book. So that gives me a little bit more leeway, but I do, I think, you know, if you've read any of my books, especially in this series or in this world or in the Atlantis legacy series, um, you know, that I really like to, keep my history elements uh, pretty accurate so the fantastical elements don't kind of like push you out of the story so this history can kind of anchor you into reality. So yeah, um, that's what's going on uh, with, I don't even know why I started talking about that 
Oh, right. I was <laughs> talking about the um, research little few days that I'm going to need at the end of this. So anyway, that's all to say I'm feeling the crunch on this one. However, I'm also in this, I'm so into this story. Like I, it's all I can think about. And I am so excited to share it with people. I am. <laughs> so there's, this is like a funny, not funny um, concern that I have with some elements of this story. Um, it's definitely a little, it has like some some darkness and some grittiness, um, which I think works well for this story. I wouldn't say Echo Trilogy is really like dark or gritty, um, although there are are some violent aspects. Um, but definitely Cat de Bois Chronicles gets a little dark and gritty. And <laughs> this one, like there's so far I've had two references in this book. It, it there hasn't been any rape. But there have been two rapey elements. I don't know how to say that. Um, Nobody has been raped. Let's just put that out there. Um, Nobody has been raped in this book. And I am extremely against the use of rape for entertainment. And I... So I'm definitely trying to avoid that. Um, But there are certain elements of my main character, um, and her situation that she's in that, and this time period and her adversary or her main adversary that lead to a certain kind of scenario that can get a little rapey. And so I'm just, I definitely feel like I'm walking a tightrope here. I definitely am purposely kind of like erring on the side of caution because I do not want to be, um, exploiting, uh, anything that has to do with rape for my stories. Um, so ugh, it's a tough one. Yeah. That, so that's something that I've been, I wouldn't say I've been struggling with, but I've definitely been very conscious of, um, especially because I know there's one big major scene coming up that again is not, there isn't, this book does not actually have any rape. So that I know that that is going to not be in here. However, I just don't want there to be like this constant, like threat of that sort of a scenario. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining that right. Uh, but I, it's just something I've been thinking about, um, and been aware of, um, as I'm heading into the, some of the darker, or as I've been wading through some of the darker parts of this book and heading into the darkest part of the book. And I have just been um, having an amazing time with Tarset and Atum. I'm going to talk a little bit about them later. Um, so yeah, so that's where I am uh, on my current work in progress. Um, what am I reading? I am still listening to A Strange Hymn. I think I'm in the middle of that one. Um, I've definitely slowed down on my audiobook consumption again, just because uh, I think as I like, is my like uh, creative mania waves come and go. Um, it just is really hard for me to focus on any other story because I have so much just like constant creative pressure for my own story. I'm still listening to A Strange Hymn, which is a second book in the Bargainer series by Laura Thalassa. And uh, I'm pretty excited because on Tuesday um, of this week, this coming week, LP, Lindsay Pogue, and I are going to be chatting about uh, Rhapsodic, the first book in that series, for the No Shelf Control podcast that we do, which is our kind of like reader podcast, or like 
book clubby kind of podcast. I'm super excited about that because I really enjoyed that audiobook. I am currently watching Animal Kingdom season four. We're just, I think we're in the like second to last episode of season four uh, that we'll be watching tomorrow. And then we watched the first three episodes of Wheel of Time and I loved them, but it was a really interesting experience watching it with my husband because he doesn't read books for pleasure ever. Um, so he had definitely not read um, the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, um, whereas I have read the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. So we definitely had two very different experiences while watching this show, and his experience was more, much more of a, like, I have no idea what's going on, um, which I think a lot of people, so I know this show has been compared to Game of Thrones, like, endlessly, um, to the point that I want to be like, hey, you know, like, not, like, Game of Thrones is very, I mean, everybody has a different opinion about the final season, but Game of Thrones... I would not say that Game of Thrones is, I wouldn't say it's a good example of epic fantasy because there's not a lot of magic. And at least in all of the epic fantasy series that I have read, um, there is a lot of magic and there's lots of other creatures. And and so I felt like that was a much more like realistic take on epic fantasy, whereas Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series is much more like, I feel like a really prime example of epic fantasy, kind of along the lines of, like, the Tolkien stuff, books, all that Lord of the Rings um, stuff, where there's different races, and there's magic, and it's it's definitely, like, a very um, magical secondary world story. Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting a little tired of all the comparisons to, to Game of Thrones, but I absolutely loved it. My husband was very confused, but he also enjoyed it and he wants to continue watching it, which makes me happy because then I, that means I don't have to just watch it on my phone, <laughs> um, whenever I can. Uh, so I get to watch it on the big TV, uh, when we watch TV at night, which is fun. Um, okay. So my high this week, that's kind of a two twofer, but they are related. Um, I had a couple, so I've been in a little bit of a panic about, Song of Scarabs and Fallen Stars, um, in terms of how big this book is turning out to be, how long and like time crunch and deadlines and like all of that stuff. Like I do have a pre-order up. I have, um, dates set up with my editor and my proofreader. Um, so (laughs) those are deadlines that I need to meet. And I was just starting to get a little scared that that was going to be impossible. But um, I did have uh, a, some of my some some of my best um, creative thinking happens uh, in three places. Um, but I haven't been getting to one of those places very often lately, so it's mostly just in two places. But those three places are the shower, the car, and walking outside. I haven't been walking very much because um, it's the weather here is super crummy right now. But I do shower. <laughs> It's uh, good to know. I know, right? Uh, And uh, every once in a while, I do get in the car uh, and drive around with my children. Not just for fun, like we go places. But uh, in the shower and in the car, I always end up having a flood of ideas. And uh, I've had a couple drives um, the past few days and um, a few very productive, creative showers. (laughs) Um that have helped me see that I have been looking at the story not correctly. And when I plotted it, I didn't necessarily plot it 
exactly right for this story. Um, so the midpoint, there's been a shift in the, in the midpoint of the story to um, earlier than I originally plotted it, which means that I'm further in the story than I thought. It still means the story is going to be super long, um, but it just is uh, takes a little bit of the pressure off. Um, it's means some of the scenes um, that are coming up for me have shifted around a little bit. And um, there's been a slight modification to uh, one of the hero's characteristics relating to his kind of like magical powers that uh, I think add a really cool visual element to a few scenes in the story. So I'm really excited about that stuff. Um, And those were, like I said, it was like a revelation. Um, So it just kind of felt like a bunch of puzzle pieces finally fit together uh, where I was maybe trying to force them together before. Um, So they've just shifted a little bit and then fit in a more natural position. Um, And related to that, I had a bit of a revelation for the whole trilogy. Um, So I have a very good idea of, I had a general idea of what I wanted to do for books two and three, but now I have a very good idea, not only of the main focuses of books two and three, but also the whole big series story arc. Um, so like each book, it has its own story arc, but then there's like one story arc that spans the whole trilogy. Um, and that's really where the, um, because there are some scenes, a few chapters sprinkled throughout um, Song of Scarabs and Fallen Stars from uh, the main character's point of views from the previous series. So from the Echo Trilogy and from the Cat Wall Chronicles. So Lex and Cat do have a few chapters in this book. Um, and their chapters very much relate to, they relate to what Tarset is going through and this, the plot line for this, or the story arc for this individual book. They much more, that that is where I've been really able to sprinkle um, some of the breadcrumbs that lead to the greater series story arc. So I'm really excited about having that revelation and knowing, having a much better idea of where this whole series is going. That has been a big change. Um, It doesn't really change a lot of the things that I have sprinkled so far, but it just really hammering down what, what I'm working toward. Like I knew kind of what I was working toward, but like now it's much clearer and I'm very excited about that. Okay, so my my low this week um, is totally relates to Song of Scarabs and Fallen Stars and this kind of like creative mania phase that I'm in um, where I um, – and then this relates to the this week's obsession, which I'll just talk about these two things together. So I'm going to skip ahead. So this week's obsession was for me was definitely Song of Scarabs and Fallen Stars, and I would absolutely say I'm in like a creative mania phase where – um, there's just this flood of thoughts and just like ideas and more stuff than I could ever put down on paper or ever type out, um, or ever just capture in any possible way. Um, and it's basically, I would say with each story, I feel like I reach the, this is maybe a little more extreme this time, but I tend to, um, reach a phase in each story, I, I used to like think of it as like the snowball was rolling down the hill and now like now the snowball is like really, really like gaining some momentum. So it's at the point where it's like I can see the story so clearly. It's like mm, it's not like 50 50 with reality and in, in terms of like with the perception that's going on in my head. But I would say it's like 70 30 um, like reality versus story. <laughs> 
Um, So this story is like very real to me right now. I feel like I'm experiencing it in a very real way. Um, Or I guess watching it play out in my head in a very real way. Um, So it's definitely, um, so the low uh, relates to this creative manic phase, which uh, is just that I've just tend to feel a little bit irritable um, with reality, that 70%, when it uh, kind of like, there's definitely some pressure. It's like the story, the fictional world, and the real world are like competing in my head for dominance, maybe. I mean, it's not like the fictional world is going to take over. I don't think. (laughs) I hope not. Um, But it definitely is like they are battling and that was my slipper on the floor. They're battling and uh, it just can make me a little bit irritable with uh, the real world when uh, the story world is trying to like gain more traction. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but... (laughs) So yeah, so my, um, I realize this is going to be a long one again. Uh, so my, let me just talk about my wacky Google searches real quick. Um, and then I'll get to what's coming next week. So, um, some fun ones this time. Uh, I definitely think, think you'll see a trend, uh, in these. Um, okay. So the first one is prisoner tarot card. I just thought this was kind of an interesting one to talk about because there is not actually a prisoner tarot card in the traditional tarot deck. But there is a tarot card that is associated with, like, a prisoner. Um, And I know I wrote it down in my notes, and uh, I want to say it's, like, Three of Swords, um, but I might be wrong. But uh, that that whole point there was not for me to incorrectly label a card, but for me to say that I'm really excited to cat does have a few tarot card spreads in this book. And, uh, that is one of the things that I get to do, uh, when I finish with this draft in the, those few days of research, um, that I have on my calendar, I get to, uh, figure out exactly what is in these tarot spreads. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. Next one is, can you fall asleep standing up? Some people say you can, I don't know. But uh, I definitely needed to know that for this book. Uh, you can fall asleep standing up uh, if you have narcolepsy. That's for sure. Um, Tarsa does not have narcolepsy, but she is in a situation um, where she may need to sleep standing up. Just um, like think about however that could happen. Um, and then how could that relate to this next Google search, which is what would it feel like to cut off blood supply to hands for hours? So I think... I feel like if you're um, use a little bit of uh, mental creativity, um, you may be able to figure out what kind of situation Tarset is going to get herself into. I did learn that apparently, um, and I'm probably going to get this wrong too. Um, like t- after two hours, you're probably fine. So this is completely cut off circulation. Um, after two hours, the tissue can probably recover. After four hours, I think maybe it would like die or maybe it was like four hours you would suffer damage six hours the tissue would be dead and then okay uh ancient egypt bar soap so that's a fun one again like ancient egypt is such a vast period of time that um it's kind of a silly google search 
for me to do. Um, however, I did learn that there are different references. One of the oldest references to bar soap, I believe uh, I read was around 1500 BCE in Egypt. Um, this is in Egypt, not elsewhere, just Egypt specifically. There is earlier references to bar soap in other places. And uh, the earliest references to bar soap in Egypt related to cleaning things and not people. Um, however, I this was an artistic liberty that I took because um, I really, really wanted our girl Tarset to uh, get some bar soap because she really needed, uh, she needed, she needed a cleansing. Okay. <laughs> and I, I realized this is a funny transition and they are not necessarily directly related. Um, does a testicle injury cause impotence? That was more of just a curiosity after um, I had Tarset kick someone in the balls really hard. Actually, I don't know if she did. I mean, she does kick someone in the balls in this book, but I don't think that actual Google search related to when she did kick someone in the balls. And it was more when she threatened to kick someone in the balls. Mm, I can't remember. Um, okay, next one is uh, how long for a black eye to heal? Uh, apparently, it's around two weeks. I've never had a black eye. Um, although I suppose I could have asked my husband because he definitely has. Concussion vomiting. Um, so vomiting is apparently one of this. I also have never had a concussion. But uh, yes, I did learn that concussions can cause vomiting. And I mean, I suspected, obviously, that's why I Googled it, but it was confirmed by the search results, as well as dizziness uh, and uh, just a bunch of other fun symptoms. Um, so, yeah. Uh, next week's goal, which I believe is extremely unrealistic, but I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to try to reach 100,000 words in this manuscript. Um, that is 17,000 words from where I am right now. And while I do think that would be possible based on my last two weeks, normally. Uh, it is Thanksgiving this week, and uh, we are going to be staying uh, at my in-laws for a couple days. So I feel like that's always kind of like a chaotic experience. Not them, just with the kids and the different location and um, sleep schedules get interrupted and stuff like that. So I am not anticipating having... Um, my usual kind of two sessions of writing the days that were there. So that takes up uh, oh, about two days of like no writing. Um, okay. But um, this week I am very, very much looking forward to, well, both going to visit my in-laws. Um, but also I am very, very excited about the chapters that I am heading into that are completely entirely all Tarset and a Tum and just like this mounting sexual tension and this just like revelations of secrets and um, Tarset really learning a lot about a Tum and learning how to share more of herself, which is like one of her big struggles. Uh, yeah, so I'm just really excited about where the story is going this week. So I think that is it for me this episode. All right. Thanks for listening. I will be back next week to ramble some more. Until then, happy reading.